This episode of the Best Seats Podcast is brought to you by, well, you. To learn how you can support the show, go to thebestseats.com slash Patreon. Once there, you'll learn how you can get early access to shows, ad-free listening, the ability to submit questions, comments, concerns, and more. Once again, that's thebestseats.com slash Patreon. But enough of that. On to the show. everybody hello and welcome to the first ever episode 92 of the best seats podcast the only podcast bringing you interviews with some of the most talented people in and around the hospitality community from right here in orange county and beyond with each and every episode as always i'm your host crawford mccarthy founder and principal of the best seats thank you as always to my friend ali coyle who's providing the music for this show and if you didn't know that you can always find her music at alicoyle.com right now she is on tour all around the U.S., so be sure to go to her website and find more information. And if you can't do that, go to any of her family's three restaurants if you are here in Orange County, Fable and Spirit over in Newport Beach, Dublin 4, and Wine Works for Everyone, both in Mission Viejo. As a reminder, if you enjoy the show, please be sure to leave a rating and or a review wherever you're listening to it on free feeds. It helps other folks discover it as well. Go to thebestseats.com for more content just like this. And do not forget that you can get early ad-free listening a week before the public, as well as access to the exclusive post show each and every week only by going to patreon.com forward slash the best seats. Episode 92. Um, what's been really fun about getting into these later episodes is bringing back guests that are prior guests of the show. Now, one of the fun parts about that is number one, I get to keep bringing all of you fantastic episodes. Number two, we get to check it with friends of the show who do fantastic stuff all the time. Now, most of the time it's, hey, how's your restaurant doing? Hey, how's your business doing? But when it comes to my friend, John Sanchez, who yes, full discrepancy is a Patreon supporter, but in the case of his VP, Lacey Allen is not, well, we're very happy to bring you the news that not only is the wonderful, wonderful native son in Santa Ana, continuing to do well. They are expanding into Los Angeles. That is right. We are doing a DTLA episode for those of you outside of anything in common decency. That stands for downtown Los Angeles. And for anybody who understands common decency, that means three hours in traffic, but it's only because we love the people that we love. Anyway, Native Sun is open in DTLA. Depending on when you hear this, they are either in the build out or they're getting ready to open. But regardless, we sit down this episode to talk about everything that goes into not only opening a new business, but what does it mean to bring your culture to it? What does it mean to hire new people? What does it mean when you're navigating businesses in and around different COVID precautions? As everybody famously will know for the rest of human history, Los Angeles has been pretty much ground zero for, hey, let's shut it all down and see what happens. Well, what if you want to open a bar? What if you want to open a bar in a former place that is a brewery with a lot of brewing equipment when you haven't brewed your own stuff? Well, all these questions and more are answered in this episode. John is unbelievably candid. I can't thank him enough for the time. Lacey adding her expertise. It only goes to enhance the Native Sun brand and everything that they do. But 
you know what? I don't even want to waste any more time. Let's just jump right into this one because it is almost summertime here in Orange County, Los Angeles, San Diego, and the rest of Southern California. You got drinks to be had, and Native Sun is there to fill them regardless of where you are. So let's get into episode 92 right now of the Best Seeds Podcast featuring my friend, John Sanchez, and the rest of the team from the soon-to-open Native Sun in downtown Los Angeles. Enjoy. John Lacey, great to be sitting down. Beautiful day in downtown LA. Uh, John, you are not a stranger to the show. You were actually the first episode of 2022. Lacey, you are new to the show. Um, but as we will start with tradition, even though, John, you have been on before, would you both mind taking a moment to introduce yourselves before we talk about everything that is going to be going on here in downtown LA with Native Sun? Thank you, Crawford. Yeah, it's great to be back. Uh, my name is John Sanchez. I'm the CEO of Native Sun. Uh, we have three locations, one in Santa Ana, one Ranch Cucamonga, and now one in Los Angeles. And I'm sitting here next to my VP, Lace. Hello, hello. Yeah, I'm Lacey. I'm VP of uh, Manford Danger, Inc., which is our restaurant uh, group that owns all of Native Sun. And I'm happy to be here. Um, so we mentioned that we are sitting in downtown LA recording this one. Luckily, traffic wasn't too bad getting here from where I'm at in Orange County. Hopefully, it was the same for you guys. But... Why here? I mean, we should mention that we're in the formerly a place held by Modern Times, um, a brewery that pretty much everybody out here in Southern California is aware of. Obviously, they do a lot of great stuff. This is a space formerly of theirs. How did it come to be that you're sitting in this space now getting ready to clean it and then work on it and open it as your own? Yeah, I think actually all starts back in January. Uh, we did this year our very first company-wide planning meeting where we had the top 10 employees from a mixture of from both locations. And we met at the Hollywood Roosevelt Hotel for uh, two days of meetings uh, to talk about the past and to talk about the future. And at the very end of that meeting, it was my turn to present just about like the state of the company and where we see things going from here. And at the very end, I posed a question to the group, like, is there any place out there that you think we could buy or is not doing well and we could come help them out? And we threw out ideas. We definitely did not throw around the name Modern Times at all. And, um, but it was just part of the discussion. And so it, it was kind of a topic that had been um, kind of scrolling through the back of our mind after that meeting. And then it was literally a month later, mm -hmm. Modern Times announced that it was having to close down their Portland, Oakland, Santa Barbara, and LA locations. And I immediately reached out to friends that I knew that worked there. I got from my old friend, Phil McNitt, the new CEO's email address, uh, her name's Jen. I emailed Jen and I asked her, hey, are, do, are all the spots taken already? Do you already have deals in place? What's the story? And she said, nope. What are you interested in? I'll get you in touch with Rob Andrews. And then Rob and us talked and we figured that this LA location was the best fit for us. And we were off and running. And about five minutes after that email was sent, we had uh, some managers from Native Sun roll through the conference room and they were like, did you hear the news? Did you hear the news? And they said to me and Lacey, they're like, maybe we should hit them up. And we laughed and turned to them. We're like, already done. Did. Already did. <laughs> we beat you to it. Yeah. So we were, we were ready. Yeah. And then I think after that first initial conversation, we were in the space two days later and it like everything was moving super fast, which um, we've like 
had a little interest in like other companies. So these, those types of conversations have happened before, but like this, like happening so quickly was like, you know, a little eyes wide, but you know, some things are just meant to be. Well, it's par for the course these days, whether it's you know, sourcing product or sourcing materials for build outs, things like that, that anybody opening a new spot is going to be hit with delays. They're probably not going to be on their kind of time window. We're recording this episode, depending on when people are listening to it. Um, you know, what's still May 31st, right after Memorial Day, about to be June, which is insane to think about. Um, but you guys took over the keys of this place. When did you get the keys to this spot? April 14th. I mean, so that's not that far from when we're recording this now. I mean, this is almost kind of an accelerated you know, pace. I mean, for everybody else, it kind of seems like they're working with delays. What kind of time frame do you guys have in place until you're able to kind of officially open this? And again, I'm assuming not a hard date, but what's the kind of window that you're looking at until this is going to be opened? Oof, I would say like September. Mm-hmm. Ideally. Uh, August would be a massive accomplishment. Uh, October would be like, we want this to happen. So mm-hmm. say anywhere from October, uh, August to October. Yeah, but for the listener who doesn't have to worry about the yeah. day-to-day business yeah. of restaurant and bar <laughs> operations, we could be open in two weeks, three yeah. weeks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If, if it was up to us. Right. Yeah. If it was up to us. The, uh, the thing that stands in our way, um, the only really thing that stands in our way is uh, licensing for, our, for alcohol and brewing. So even though this place was licensed before to sell beer and wine and to brew, we have to get a brand new one, and that's going to take somewhere in the realm of 90 days, two, plus or minus. Six months. Yeah. Jason Coe, if you're listening to this show, reach out because I know you're a liquor license consultant. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, this is a really eclectic space. It's a big space. Downtown LA, you know, we were talking about this briefly when I was kind of setting up the equipment. This is a whole different animal. I mean, downtown Santa Ana is one thing, you know, where you guys are out on Rancho is one thing. Downtown LA, I mean, we are right here in the jewelry district. I mean, this is a whole separate animal. Are there any apprehensions about kind of coming into this space and, and establishing the native sun name? Or are there any things that you guys really see as exciting opportunities? Oh, I think we were looking at each other and just making sure at the very beginning of the conversations, like, is this something that's too big for us or should we back off? But I think as a company, getting to that point where we can be having annual planning meetings and having a management staff that's like robust enough, they all, we we sat them all down Mm -hmm. before we signed anything, before we agreed to any terms, we sat, we brought in all the managers, sat down at the conference table and just posed the question, should we do this? We had a whole list of pros and a whole list of cons. The very first pro was it's an LA location. And the very first con was it's an LA, LA location. location. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and they all thumbs up, let's do it. And we told them, this means that we might be pulling you from responsibility in Santa Ana or pulling you from responsibility in Rancho and asking you to go to LA at, at, like, at a drop of a hat. We need help. Yeah, Come. And they, and they said, let's do it. So it, it was good timing in that way for our company. But I think especially having so many friends down here during COVID and seeing what happened to LA businesses during COVID, which was much different than businesses in Orange County, mm-hmm. uh, that was a little bit of apprehension at first. But I think we are really bullish on where downtown LA can go post-COVID. Yeah. And I think that's the reason we're here because we want to be a part of that and like push the food and beverage scene in downtown. Yeah, yeah. And... You know, we love being a part of communities. The community in Rancho has really embraced us over there and to get to be a part of such like a rich uh, community and uh, is an exciting opportunity, I think. So it's challenging, but nothing, you know, nothing worthwhile isn't. Yeah. 
Very true. Uh, John, when I first you had, uh, had you on the show, we recorded what, like end of December, your first episode or your episode premiered. I want to say it was the first one of the year in January, give or take. Um, one of the things that was really notable about sitting down with you was your involvement as far as bringing your team members in. You just mentioned this entire process of kind of bringing your you know top performers in and having really letting people express kind of their own investment emotionally with you know, what you guys are going to do operations wise. Uh, Lacey, because you weren't on the show, I'm curious, what is that like for you to be working with someone kind of like John, where there is so much desire to get input from everybody around you staff wise? Oh, uh, I mean, it's great. It's wonderful. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'm a very like independent worker, I'd say. So this like work environment is somewhere that I just excel in. right? The non-micromanaging, right? Like I'm going to work hard no matter what. So being able to like get some freedom to like do, do work hard and do the job, not by myself, but like with enough room to be myself, uh, was always something super important to me. And so I very quickly realized that when I started working at Native Sun. So I try to just also, you know, make that known to new employees. And, you know, uh, I always talk about giving everybody a sense of ownership, uh, no matter like what level they're at. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you, I see it from John on how he treats us and you know, I can feel it. It's important to me. And I just try to, you know, keep the word running down as well. So obviously we kind of had the idea of how the decision came to be from the employee mindset and obviously your team members and everybody kind of agreeing, Hey, this is a great opportunity. We already sent the email about it. We're going to make a move on this thing from there. Can you kind of share some of the behind the scenes details on how exactly acquiring a space kind of comes to be? Like what exactly goes into that expansion idea? Because there are, you know, for better, for worse, COVID took its hit on a lot of businesses. There's a lot of businesses that have closed, meaning there's a lot of open space. New restaurants are starting to open. New bars are starting to open all over San Diego, Orange County, obviously L.A. But what has that process kind of been like? And what is it like for people who may be looking to expand? Sure. To kind of go out and get a new spot. Yeah. For us, this is the first time we've done it. We, it was told to me a long, long time ago that it's the, the simplest way to start a restaurant or a bar is to take over for someone else and make it your own. And it's going to be so much faster than building from scratch. And, but for our, in our business, we've only built from scratch until this point. So it was a, a whole new animal to reach out to Modern Times get our contact, Rob, who was a gem, loved him to death. Yes. And, um, it started with a visit. So we came, uh, thankfully we got to come that last week. Uh, they announced on Monday that they were closing that Friday. So we came on a Thursday, uh, right before they closed Mm -hmm. and we got to walk through. And the the good part about that is we get to walk through while they were still operational. Yes. I think kind of see how it works in service, the way that it was set up for them. Yeah. Cause I, I think, we had a, a bunch of employees come the last couple of weeks for different cleaning days we were doing, and they kind of commented that walking into an empty bar or restaurant that is not operational kind of feels like you're walking into like an, a great aunt's like apartment after she's passed away, and you're like looking around and sorting through the files and the, and the, yeah. and the trinkets and like, what was this used for? And why yeah. was this placed here? And you're having all these questions. So I think it's, it was important for us to kind of come in, see how it, how it uh, was running. And from then we took inventory of all the things that we wanted to buy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we were taking over the space, but there's also a lot of equipment here. Mm-hmm. Like we'll, we'll probably get to the fact that there's a brewery here yeah. and a lot of a kitchen equipment and tables and chairs. And, and so with Rob, we kind of went through everything we wanted and modern times took the rest back down to San Diego and we made an offer. 
on that equipment and we waited. Now, our situation with Modern Times was slightly uh, unique in the sense that Modern Times at that point was under receivership. So their business had gone through some tough times through COVID. And so the bank had to make every decision. So instead of dealing with a restaurateur that could just say yes or no, mm -hmm. we had to have like a couple weeks of downtime waiting for the bank to do diligence on our offer mm -hmm. before we could find out. So there was like fingers crossed, just patiently waiting until they gave us the approval, which was great, great a great day. But that was only half the, the way there because that approval was contingent upon us being able to get a lease done with the landlord. So when, whenever you're in our situation, uh, leasing restaurants and not owning the land, you have a lot of, uh, you have a big relationship with that landlord. And when you default on that lease, that's a big deal. And yeah. so here we were kind of in between uh, this triangle, we're in, the, in one, one uh, angle of this triangle of modern times trying to get out of the lease with the landlord and us trying to get a lease with the landlord. And there was this dance of how that was all gonna work out. And that took itself probably like a month or two mm -hmm. to, to iron itself out. And then we signed all the docs, us and Modern Times, them getting out, us getting in. And then we got the keys and, and we were off. Yeah. Describe the space a little bit for people that may not have been up here um, or down here, depending on where they live and wherever they're listening from, because this was set up kind of in a multi-use type of aspect. You mentioned the brewery on site, which I, I want to get to in just a little bit, because that is a whole nother kind of huge, huge opportunity, but also it presents itself with new opportunities and challenges. Describe this space kind of a where it is, because I mentioned downtown LA jewelry district, like that may not make the most sense for people that aren't aware of it, but kind of, yeah. I know it's an audio podcast, but kind of walk people through what, how this place sits now and what your kind of visions are for it. Yeah. We are about like a 15 minute walk from crypto.com arena, formerly known <laughs> as the stable center. Um, super close to the Orpheum theater and the Ace Hotel Theater, mm -hmm. um, right by uh, Seven Grand, which is an awesome whiskey bar. Yes, it um, is. Seven Grand is fantastic. Yeah, so I, I, I mean, I really like this location in downtown. It's like it's pretty central. Uh, there's a lot going on. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a great space. Um, we're on the first floor, which we have a rooftop bar in Santa Ana, so it's interesting being on the first floor. Um, it's very long and uh, has exposed brick on one side. It's like very New York style um, and a little eclectic, which honestly I think just totally fit with our other two bars we already have. Mm -hmm. Like Santa Ana has its own kind of little funky style. Um, we should even mention, I mean, the seat that you both are sitting in right now as we record yes, this is yeah. a pew from a synagogue in New York. Yes, yes, yes. You can't make that up. Yeah, yeah. Modern, <laughs> time, like modern times kind of like funky aesthetic is obviously clearly here. And there are definitely elements that, that do kind of fit in with our other vibes. Like their bathroom mm -hmm. is like, the bathrooms here have old um, comic book, like things that they put up in Santa Ana. We have like, um, oh, what is it called? A collage. We've collaged the wall. And so it kind of has the same similar things, even funnier. Um, in Santa Ana, there are two hidden dinosaurs. I'm not going to tell you where they are. And um, there was a little dinosaur here, like a little like a dinosaur figurine. I was like, it's a sign. Um, <laughs> and it has the same capacity. So like the size of it is something that we're comfortable with. Um, yeah. I mean, initially, you know, there's two bars basically here. There's the big beer bar in the back yeah. and then one up front that they were using kind of as a multi-purpose like cafe setup almost. Obviously, 
COVID changed that for mm-hmm. LA. I mean, you guys, obviously, in Santa Ana, one of the big things that has happened recently is the introduction of your cocktail program, which has been so well-received, and, and so many people really speak well about it. Um, I mean, the goal is to kind of hopefully introduce something like that up here as well. Yeah, yeah, totally. The Right when you walk inside the space, uh, there's like this cafe area that Modern Times was using for their like to-go stuff. In the beginning, it was actually a coffee shop. And then they moved it to to go, um, but we would change that space into a cocktail bar, which would be great because there's a really like large windows here in the front. And so when pedestrians are walking, they're going to be able to see the cocktails and all like the shelving. And there's like this beautiful tile that goes all the way up to the ceiling and on the ceiling. Um, and we would like to get like um, shelves that match these little brass tables. So mm-hmm. like brass shelves with the liquor bottles. It's going to look beautiful. I love it. Uh, as far as kind of introducing, you know, culture is a really, really big thing for Native Sun. How do you guys bring that with you to finding, and it, obviously staffing is its own kind of nightmare for a lot of people right now. And I know you're obviously very much probably in the infancy, if at all, of hiring people on as there's so many uh-huh. other things that need to get locked down. But it's one thing to bring in kind of what you want to do as far as, oh, okay, that's going to be a cocktail bar now, right? We know we're going to have our beers in the back. How do you guys plan to bring in the culture? of what you have with all of your people. Cause it's going to be, I mean, you'll have some cast of characters that you can bring up from Santa Ana or rancher that'll come out to help establish that. But you're basically kind of bringing on a whole new batch of, of people to bring into the fold. Yeah, yeah. totally. Part of our company culture is hiring from within promoting mm-hmm. from within. And I, I totally see us as having a GM here that has worked for the company for years. Uh, so someone coming from Rancho or from Santa Ana to lead and impart that culture to a, what is probably going to have to be a pretty big staff. Like we're yeah. going to be uh, getting up to kind of doubling the amount of uh, employees that we, that we have. I, I think here uh, probably in the last year, modern times had about like 30 employees. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, the space I, looks about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and as we walk through the, the kitchen is very large. So the kitchen staff uh, is, is going to be large because of that. And it's also going to be larger than we have in Santa Ana, but it's also going to, enable them to really do some fun stuff in there that we we really don't have the opportunity to do in Santa Ana because of size. Yeah. Well, it's time for a little commercial. Yeah. I don't know about you, but 2020 had me re-looking at how I live and the space that I live in. Spending so much time at home really had me reevaluating how certain things worked and didn't in my living space. One of the main things, as an avid home cook and an obvious supporter of restaurants, was gardening. Anybody who enjoys food at all will be able to tell you that something you've grown yourself will taste infinitely better than anything you can buy at a store. That's where Ashley Irene of Heirloom Potager comes in. Heirloom Potager designs, installs, and maintains seasonal culinary gardens for chefs and foodies in Orange County. They provide organic gardening methods and bespoke build-outs used to preserve the heirloom varietals that they'll provide for seeds. An approachable and exciting endeavor, no matter if you're a seasoned restaurateur or a stay-at-home chef. Owner Ashley Irene's experience, expertise, and enthusiasm is only matched by her professionalism. For more information on how you can set up a consultation to get your own culinary garden space set up, go to heirloompotager.com. That's heirloom, H-E-I-R-L-O-O-M, potager, P-O-T-A-G-E-R. Dot com today. Once again, that's Heirloom Potager. If you listen to the best seats at all or read the content, then you know the motto, live well and often. But what does it mean 
in layman's terms, it's trying to give you the best products, places, experiences, and more so you can put a big smile on your face every single day. Amass Botanics is what I use on my back bar constantly if I need a cocktail or a quick pick-me-up. Any of their other botanical products, like candles, hand sanitizer, and more, also helps to set the mood. Now, I'm a big fan of everything that Amass does. I have been since day one when they launched their trademark gin, and everything they've done since then has been nothing short of excellent. Now you can get your hands on their products at a discounted rate by going to amass.com and using the discount code THEBESTSEATS15, that's C-E-A-T-S, at checkout. Now, it's limited one per customer, so make sure you load up. But trust me, you can't go wrong with anything they're doing. I stand by Amass 100%. They're one of my go-to brands for spirits needs or anything around the house. So again, go to Amass.com, that's A-M-A-S-S, and use the code THEBESTSEATS15 at checkout. Trust me, you will not be disappointed. Yeah. I mean, we should talk about the one thing that we mentioned a couple of times now, which is going to be a first for you guys as far as the on-site stuff goes, is you mentioned that there's a brewery here. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, this is an audio podcast. People can't see the space yet, but they can go online and look at kind of what it used to be. But talk about what is sitting in the back there, because A, it's not small, but B, this is a new opportunity for you guys. Yeah, it's new and very, very old in the sense that uh, before I started Native Sun, my reason to get out of corporate life was to start a brew pub. Yep. And it's so funny that we've talked about it so long since that project never happened in San Diego. The thought of brewing our own beer has always been like in like our bones. And and even, even so much as every year we make anniversary beers uh, for each location with other breweries. And in 2021, we made Rancho Cucamonga Native Sun Locations anniversary beer with Modern Times LA. That's awesome. <laughs> and uh, we brewed a Mexican lager with them, and it got sent out to uh, both Santa Ana and Rancho Cucamonga. It was called Star Cluster. And that was our first experience, not knowing what was going to happen a year later. And yeah, here in the like back left side of the building is a 10-barrel brew house with six 20-barrel fermenters that could pump out almost almost 4,000 barrels of beer a year if it was maxed out, which is a lot of beer. That's a lot. Yeah, a lot. that's like full-on production scale. Yeah, you're not playing around with what you have back there. Yeah. I mean, when you took the project on, obviously, it, you know, we were kind of talking about how this place was built, and it was basically built around that part of the building. So mm-hmm. removing it doesn't make sense. <laughs> it would be a massive undertaking construction-wise and just probably a whole set of nightmares that you don't want to deal with. Um, being able to take something on like this and kind of fulfill that dream come full circle. And I, I love the fact that you guys brewed it with Modern Times last in 2021. That's awesome and really, really kind of small world. What are some of your goals? I mean, it, is it you just want to be able to make your own stuff in-house? I mean, it's a lot of stuff back there. I'm assuming you guys aren't, hopefully, well, maybe you are, wanting to brew that much. I mean, what that, that thing could do back there capacity-wise. Yeah, I think this brewery, uh, as our first brewery is going to get a lot of attention, we're going to uh, reach out to a lot of our friends in the industry that we've developed over these years to do some really fun collaborations. I think our first year will be kind of highlighted by several uh, really fun collaborations here at the brewery. And we intend to basically just use it as a brewery to uh, pump out beer for our locations. We There might be some stuff going to some uh, bars in the area, uh, self-distro. 
uh, but very small amounts. And mm-hmm. I think we, we just want to kind of take all the years of serving beer and the styles that we know resonate with our customers and start, start brewing those, but then putting our own spin on them and kind of push them in the direction that like craft beer is going. You guys mentioned that it's a big part of Native Sun to be involved in the community. And I want to touch on kind of what's happening in Santa Ana a little bit in the um, Patreon only post show. But speaking to the community here, you know, downtown L.A., we mentioned, is a big, big, big creature. L.A. is obviously way different. I was on social media and I saw some map and it was the outline of Los Angeles. And they had put other various major American cities on top of it and they all fit within it. We're talking like Manhattan, Chicago, things like that. I mean, this is a big place. Yeah. How do you guys go about kind of getting involved in the community? Um, I think you just, you are welcoming and warm and open. Um, Native Sun, the name of it kind of is, means local, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know if you touched about that on the last podcast, but um, so we've been kind of getting into this little mantra of where are you from? Where are you from? And I think a lot of people from LA uh, they move here from somewhere. Mm-hmm. So starting the conversation of where are you from? Oh, it doesn't matter. You're home here. Welcome to Native Sun. You're a local here. Um, so kind of having that as like our little, you know, doormat as people walk in, having that as like, where are you from? You know, thank you for coming. This is a local spot. You're a local here. Um, hopefully with that, it's it resonates with people and they feel nice and warm and happy when they're here as well. Um, one of my like personal things is I have happy places, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, places where I go that I'm always happy. It doesn't matter where they are, how many times I go there. It's a happy place. And so making these places happy places for people is super important and I think is contagious. Yeah. And as we did our due diligence of the neighborhood before uh, we signed everything, uh, Lacey and I walked around. And we just started visiting bars and restaurants and walking in and saying, hey, we're thinking about doing this. Like, what do you what do you think? And what, how, how has things been here with COVID? And like we got the uh, cell phone number of the GM at Golden Gopher. And mm-hmm. as we as you kind of reach out to your immediate group of bars and restaurants, because it is a community. Yeah, we, we see it in Santa Ana. And of course, in a food hall in Rancho Cucamonga, it's 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 a family. And I think that if we can reach out to those brick and mortar businesses, uh, bars and restaurants nearby and form that, that sort of a community. And then also the community of breweries that now we are, this is, we're a brewery now. And so we can, we can reach out to the Highland parks and the homages of the world and, and say, Hey, let's, uh, how can we drive traffic to each other and be good neighbors? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's such a love for kind of the, the brewery aspect up here. I mean, and places are opening up you know, left, right, and center. You know, friends of the show, Benny Boy Brewing, just opened up a couple of months ago, and they've already seen a lot of success. You know, you mentioned that a lot of the places, you know, Native Sun, the first two spots were almost done the opposite of how everybody says you should get into the restaurant industry, right? You said that it's easier to take over the keys and just kind of make it your own. You guys have done the opposite. You went out and fabricated your own spots. From the ownership standpoint, what have been some of the things that you have learned so far from this process that maybe you didn't expect or n- not? maybe that you weren't aware of, I'll say, during the first two times that you opened Native Sun Properties. Because now you're coming in and you are taking those keys and you're kind of looking around like, okay, we gotta fix this to better make it for us. I don't know why they did this. What are some of the things that you've learned in this whole process? Yeah, I think I've learned to not use a consultant to build my 
uh, my place. I, we've never used any uh, any restaurant consultants. Sorry, those that are listening. Uh, but, uh, but like there's certain parts about this build out that I would change, but a lot of it, as we kind of joked with Rob, because Rob was part of the building team. He was head mm-hmm. of expansion at that time for Modern Times. He's like, I know it should have been done a little different, but that's what the consultant said to do. Uh, and I think there's, there's that part of it of like taking over a space. I think another thing for me was in those conversations with the landlord about getting the, the lease done, it actually made me more and more uh, like a little bit worried about like, man, the risk aso- risk associated with opening a bar or restaurant is a lot, yeah. right? But then the winding down when it goes wrong, it goes badly, it's like, it's like a twisting of the knife. And so I think it's like, it's really important to have all your ducks in a row. I think as far as like legally and um, with your landlord to have a plan in place because most bars and restaurants don't work. Yeah. So that seeing that firsthand, having not had to close a location in our company history, cross our fingers, um, it was eye-opening to be like, wow, like this is, um, it's important to, to have the end plan and the success plan at the beginning. What was the process like from the standpoint, and I want to give credit where it's due to the team at Modern Times, because as you said, um, again, before we started recording, just how open and transparent they've been with you guys about kind of the business and how things were and and, and numbers and things like that. So credit to them where it's due, because a lot of restaurants, when you're taking over for somebody, they don't have to give you any information. You may not even see the person that you're interacting with. Um, Did it change the way that you went about any of this, basically having friends? that were in the process of closing this down? Because you had relationships with some of these people. Oh, 100%. Like, we like we mentioned Rob. We can't mention Rob's name enough. We, we just bought a Sprinter van to be able to move kegs around from this brewery to the other locations. Mm. We, I named it Rob. You named it Rob. <laughs> uh, I was oh hoping that was gosh. going somewhere in that direction. <laughs> uh, and because having someone like him that I had never met before. I had, I had a lot of friends at uh, at Modern Times. But the first day we met in person, he said that Stephen Michael and Phil had reached out to him and said, "You're you're good people," and just having those built built up those relationships over time was uh, incredibly powerful. Uh, in the sense that even after we wired them the money and signed everything, and technically it was like you know dust your hands off, everything's done. Mm-hmm. We saw an old uh, picture online about there were more of these brass tables. So I emailed Rob and I was like, hey, there's more of these brass tables. He's like, oh yeah, we got them in storage. And I was expecting him to say like a couple hundred bucks a pop. Yeah. And he's like, just come pick them up. <laughs> he's like, he's like, you guys have been so good to us. And I'm look, I'm on the other side of the phone being like, you guys have been so good to us. And I, I think it's, it, that is a very unique part of this, uh, this uh, buyout was that it wasn't just a real estate agent helping us find a, a restaurant for sale. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like, almost like a friend selling you their used car, yeah. right? They're, yeah. that, they're, that the CEO, Jen, who I've got to meet and Rob, they all want to come to the grand opening, right? They want to that's come. Awesome. And, yeah. That's awesome. That's pretty magnanimous about them. That's really cool. Um, Lacey, what have been some of the experiences you've gone through as this entire kind of process has, has gone down? I mean, what's it been like for you to be involved in this process oh. of like, oh man, and now we have the keys. Ooh, it's real now. Yeah, yeah. It was... Definitely okay. You dig would you one day at a time. You know, one day, you know, I read the entire sixty-five page lease to make sure, you know, a lot of a lot of reading and then you gotta learn about all about the LA laws and their labor laws and their liquor laws and the way the offices work and mm-hmm. all that stuff. So, you know, you're you're it's 
yeah, it's, it's very different than Orange County, even though it is so close. So you're, you're learning a lot. Um, and it's, you know, you take one day at a time, a lot of lists and try not to let, you know, the, the big idea, you know, bog down your day-to-day stuff. So you just really, really got to stay organized. Um, but I don't know. Also, you're on the, you're on the corporation. Tell me about that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a, a yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a director. I'm a director. So I'm on. Like you have to like you know start a new corporation and mm-hmm. you know you put my name down as as director and and all of that stuff, which is which is really fun. It feels very cool. Well, we are sitting in our <laughs> lawyer's office and she's doing it for the first time. Yeah. Uh, uh, and this is my third. And you, we joked that like CEO, CFO, CRO, all these things. They're all made up. They're yeah. all made up titles. All There's only up. three titles. What are the three <laughs> titles, Lace? You know them. They are. President, secretary, director, treasurer, treasurer, and director, and director. Yeah, there's four. You can have as many. Yeah, but, yeah. but that's it. That's it. And so I think it. Yeah, you know, we. I'm going down with this ship. That's right. Let's that's just fair. say I'm yeah. going down with this ship if it goes down, <laughs> but it won't. It won't go down. Um, we can't talk about LA at all without mentioning traffic. Sure. Even even driving up here today, as soon as I knew that I was hitting what like the one ten or something, I was like, "Cool, okay, so I'll be late." Like, it's just a fact. There will be <laughs> yeah. traffic. Um, looking around logistically, you guys are obviously dealing with your own issues right now with transportation and parking and things like that in Santa Ana, which again we'll get to on the bonus show um, because I can't have you guys on and not talk about how that's affecting your business there. But I mean, there's not there are parking lots nearby. There's some street parking, and I'm using really big air quotes yeah. when I say that. Um, as far as getting people in the door. How have you guys been kind of given some of the thought to how you're going to attract new people? Because I mean, it's one thing to break through the buzz of marketing and getting your name out there in front of the public eye, but then you got to get people here. And in LA, that can be an ask for some people. Yeah. I mean, you just got to be transparent about what the situation is. I mean, it's a downtown metro- metropolitan area. It's the mm-hmm. same. Like if, you know, I mean, it's not as bad as Manhattan, um, That's true. you know, but it's like, okay, yeah, you know, we're in downtown, take some time. Here's places where you can park. Um, but I, I love the city, so I, I take the train up and then I hit on the, the metro and take the underground, or it's not called the underground, <laughs> this is in London. Um, but yeah, you take the, I take public transportation. I think it's really fun. If you like really embrace, like, I'm going to a city, mm-hmm. then you're going to have a little bit more of an enjoyable time. If you're like expecting it to be an Orange County parking, it, no, of course not. Um, so I think just, yeah, being very honest and transparent of, okay, yes, yeah, we're in a city. It, you're, it's probably going to take a little while for you to find parking. You're going to have to pay. Um, but with that, you get the city experience. You get that nightlife. You get that downtown feel, which I love. So, yeah. yes, I'll pay $10 to park for eight hours of a city experience. Truly. <laughs> and our landlord has really been pushing to bring a lot of residential units to downtown. So we're sitting here in this historic brick building that they could not break, uh, tear down because right next to us is the tallest residential skyscraper on the West coast. So uh, we know that they are building, uh, just a few blocks away. They're breaking ground on a 60 floor, um, tower that they're building there of all apartments. Mm -hmm. So there is a lot of housing down here. And as we know, I'm, I'm sure all of our, uh, regulars for both locations are going to want to come commute down and see us here. Yeah. But, oh, and the train but, is a great option. The yeah. train you can get from Rancho and from Santa Ana, which is on the train. We're we're very excited to meet all these people that live walking distance from here. Yeah, I, I was I was sitting at the Golden Gopher two weeks ago, uh, chatting with the GM, and this uh, older guy comes and sits down, and 
she knows his name and he's getting the same Boilermaker that he always gets. So I start chatting with him and he said he retired, lived in like Downey his whole life. And he's like, I just love urban environments. And so he was a single guy, moved down just two blocks away. And he's like, my entire life is a five block radius. He's like, I got everything I want. And I was like, that's, that's downtown. <laughs> I like him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that guy. <laughs> um, as far as the kind of long-term for this space, I mean, obviously, A, we got to get it open and then get people kind of in here, et cetera. How quickly would it be until you would consider another Native Sun somewhere? I mean, are you already considering it? Or are you kind of waiting to see how this experience kind of goes for you? I think it's both. I think it's both. I, like we know that the success of this location, especially in the, the brewery side, but uh, as also the, uh, the restaurant side is going to lead us down that path mm-hmm. that the, that the big green light of do it again will shine. If that, if that is, if that turns out to be the case in the first year or so, uh, I think in the first hurdle that we have in the nearer long term is cocktails here. Yeah. And I don't, I don't, I think people might not, we say we want to bring cocktails here, and that is all true, but that is not going to happen for a while. We were told right away that the CUP for this spot, the conditional use permit, does not allow uh, hard liquor. And we were told that a, a city of L.A. CUP is going to take at least one calendar year to change, even adding like wow. three words. Yeah. With a consultant, wow. which we usually do everything ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And the lady, the girl that I spoke with, uh, it's part of the, the, CU, the city planning office, she was like, I don't know the skill set on your team, but get a consultant. I'm telling you now. And I was like, okay, like, you know, we've worked with, uh, we've worked for Ranch Cucamonga and we worked with the city of Santa Ana and we've always done everything ourselves. And she was just like, that's great. Get a consultant, get one. And I was like, okay, you slowly, you're starting to realize. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing what you're saying, this ma'am. Is, oh yeah. yeah. Yep, okay. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> so I think you'll see us launch with the brewery operational, mm-hmm. with our own beer, with beer and wine. And then we'll be doing everything in the background as fast as possible to bring cocktails here. And then I think at that point in time, uh, we will be thinking of another one because we know that this brewery can supply beer for at least one more location. And I think that would really maximize uh, what the brewery can do for us and uh, where we can kind of, if we're successful here, bring uh, kind of more Native Sun culture to some other part of Southern California. Yeah. I want to kind of wrap up with one last thing. Um, Lacey, I'd be curious to get your opinion on this as the business now moves forward. But John, you mentioned that initially you wanted that kind of brew pub environment and and you were kind of laughing about, you know, wow, I've taken on this massive new project in LA, but I get my brewery part of it now. Mm -hmm. What does that mean for you to kind of have this now come full circle and for that to be on the table? Like now I can brew and I can really kind of get back to that very first thought that I had. I think it's fun to be, older as a business owner and as someone that has uh, done some uh, some good things within the world of craft beer where we, it was kind of terrifying, you know, nine, 10 years ago to think about, hey, we're going to start a brewery. And at that point in time, the brew pub was going to be in San Diego amongst all these stalwarts of brewing and be like, how are we really going to bring a point of view and, um, and build relationships with people as complete newbies? And I think for us, we were, we're at the right point to be like, we have never brewed before, but we have tapped a lot of kegs and yeah. we have poured a lot of pints and we have talked to a lot of craft beer lovers. <laughs> and we are ready to be able to say, to work with our brew team and say, hey, you know what? 
let's push the boundaries in this direction because we've seen it and we wanted it to happen. Um, and I think bringing up the collabs again, when we had our Thursday, Thursday competition earlier this year, beer zombies did really well in it. And we've been friends with them for a long time. And he was like, I have to be your first collab. I'm coming from, and, <laughs> yeah. and, and that kind of reaction to people that are already in the industry, that's been so energizing for us because we're not brand new, yeah. even though we are brand new yeah. in the brewing world, we have been around and we've developed those relationships. And so it does feel a lot like, uh, working with modern times to take over this space. Even the modern times people have said, if you need any help brewing, if you need any help sourcing hops or whatever, please let us know. We're like, wow, this is great. Like there's really no better way to start. Um, And then Lacey, your thoughts on it from the business standpoint, you know, it's one thing to be involved in Native Sun and now there's this whole other branch of opportunities and possibilities. What's it like from kind of your standpoint, seeing what you guys are about to be undertaking with the brewing? I mean, I'm excited. We've got a lot, we obviously we take a lot of pride in our employees. We've got a lot of, a lot of employees that have really good taste. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. uh, Brock Woolsey as our beverage director, Alec Guerrero as our head chef, uh, Brandon Goodwin as one of our managers. He's managed a whole bunch of tap rooms. So we have a lot of, we've got a lot of employees with really good taste. And so seeing what they're going to do, what their input's going to be, what their point of view of it's going to be, I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to kind of push our employees into a new area. Um, you know, a little, a little nerve wracking, but we're ready. Yeah. Um, and so that's what I'm excited for. Um, and then, yeah, and just like learning how to operate, you know, having not accounts uh, payable, but accounts receivable. Um, yeah. That'll be fun to learn about <laughs> and setting all of that up uh, and like learning about, you know, sourcing hops and getting all those ingredients. Um, I look at it as, as learning opportunities and, gr- and growing opportunities that I'm excited to see where we go. Yeah, That's it, awesome. it, it's not very common that a brand new brewery shows up with two additional restaurant tasting rooms. Yeah. No, yeah. Right? no, generally it's very much the opposite. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's very much the opposite. <laughs> um, I want to wrap up this main episode. Obviously, I'm going to keep you both around for a Patreon only post show um, where people obviously subscribe over there can go listen. Um, but I'm unbelievably excited for you guys. I, I had to laugh. I want to get more guests from LA on and I'm starting to get more guests from LA on. And it just so happened that one of the first ones I had recently signed up for an interview was a friend from Morris County. So I'm very, very excited to see what you guys do in this space. It's, it's rife with potential and Lord knows if anybody can squeeze out every ounce of it from this place, it would be you guys. Thank you so much. Um, if people want to follow along in the meantime, um, before this gets open, if they want to check out the Santa Ana locations, Rancho locations, find you guys on social media, uh, where can people do that at? Yeah, we are on Instagram. Our Santa Ana location is at Native Sun OC, and our Rancho location is at Native Sun IE. Um, Santa Ana is open every day at 3 p.m. Uh, Saturdays and Sundays, or Fridays and Saturdays until 2 a.m., and then Rancho is open every day from noon to 10. Um, and if you want to follow us on our LA oh, yeah. progress, Native I was going to say, Native, Native Sun LA. LA. Yeah. Native Sun LA, on, LA. on Instagram. Yeah. Perfect. Well, guys, thank you so, so much for the time. Like I said, we're going to stick around for a bonus one. But in the meantime, uh, for everybody who is on free feeds, thank you, thank you, thank you for the time and very excited for these doors to open. Hey, thank you so, so much. much. Bye, Internet. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much to John and Lacey for taking the time to sit down. Thank you to the rest of the team who was working that day in the shop up in Native Sun. Um, thank you to the parking attendants. Thank you to the traffic cops. Thank you to the production crews from what I can only assume is Paramount Pictures filming some 
god-awful TV show that Fox will inevitably cancel. Who let me park in downtown LA? Thank you to everybody who made this show possible. Thank you to the advertisers. Thank you to everybody on Patreon. You make this possible each and every week. You beautiful people, I wouldn't be here without you. Thank you if you're listening. I have free feeds of carpet baggers. I love you so much as well. Thank you to everybody. We are only so many episodes in. So close to episode 100. There's some big ones on the books. If you haven't been to Native Sun, make sure you keep an eye out for the LA location. Go to OC in the meantime or Rancho if you were in that area. And either way, I'll see you soon. Take care. The Best Seats Podcast is an original production of The Best Seats. It is written, edited, produced, and owned by myself, Crawford McCarthy, founder and principal of The Best Seats. It's based in Orange County, California. It is subsidized through generous monthly donations at patreon.com forward slash the best seats. The following are the names of those who subscribe to the highest monthly tier, aka norm status, and allow me to continue producing this show each and every month. As a thank you for their continued support, here are the names. Cheryl McCarthy, Serena Warino, George Pavlov, Eric Lutz, Paige Reardon, Loco Lipo, Tim Falk, Marito Norito, Sarah Hines, Subtle Bubbles, Jay Baker, Tim Swine, John Sanchez. Thank you for your support.